0: Let's put the rad in radical. If you're looking to expand your life, then you've come to the right place. We're Amanda, Ali, and Reina, and each week we're setting the scene to level up our everyday lives in all areas, mindset, lifestyle, community, and more. And we want you to come with.
1: Episode 30, my friends, I'm taking control of this spacecraft as we are rocketing into a new 30. Reina, Amanda, Allie, we are here for Let's Put the Rad in Radical with episode 30, as I said multiple times, and we are highly pumped. And the cool thing about this episode was we took a break last week because we wanted to really connect with you guys. We put out a poll box on our Instagram. If you're not following, go check it out. Let's Put the Rad in Radical on Instagram. I think we're on TikTok too, making some amazing TikToks. We're definitely on TikTok. We're definitely on TikTok. You need to go back and even if, it's, even if you listen to this episode and you're like, oh, I want my question to be answered, you can always toss us a DM, but we put a little poll box and asked you to ask us questions. And so that's what we're going to do today, kind of an FAQ, if you will. Frequently asked questions is what that little acronym stands for. So we're gonna start off, Amanda. You've got the Google Doc, don't you? Of of all the equa- uh, the, the questions. Let's kick it off. What Thank do you got you. for us? Well, listen, I just want to
0: thank everyone first and foremost, because we did say, and and I hope everyone listening knows this, we're keeping you completely anonymous in all of the questions that you asked. And so it took a lot of bravery for you to be willing to ask something that felt personal to you, um, that, you know, was a level of advice or maybe perspective or tips that we could offer you. And so we did do exactly that. We compiled everything and we are going to make our way through these questions. And of course, we are going to be keeping you uh, and your name completely out of it. But we do hope that these answers helps. And it's just important to note that, again, this is our personal experience. It's our personal perspective and our angle and our view of these things, it absolutely doesn't mean that it's the be-all end-all response. It doesn't mean that there aren't other ways that you can explore answers to those questions with um, professionals in different fields and things like that. And we definitely recommend that you do that and you get curious enough to go find out those answers as well. But having said that, you asked for our thoughts. So here we can kick it off with um, question number one. Um, It's a really great question and something I think is super relatable for not just the three of us, but anybody listening. Um, We had somebody send out this message saying, hey, ladies, I don't know if this will help or make me feel more confused and overwhelmed. Um, but I just listened to one of your episodes and wanted to reach out. This is somebody who's been um, struggling a little bit with anxiety and depression, especially over the last few months, um, even struggling after having got gotten COVID um, themselves. And so um, they were asking, what, what can be done if these overwhelming thoughts or these anxious thoughts start to really override your life and to, and take precedent over the life activities you need to be doing or even feeling like yourself, um, if everything makes uh, this person feel overwhelmed, and I don't know um, what I'm really asking for in this message, but maybe some advice or books you recommend or best ways to deal with these symptoms of anxiety and depression or, or even just overwhelm when you're home alone. And so, um, you know, that I guess from what I'm getting from this message is that this This is a person who um, is living on their own and who's looking for healthy outlets to maybe. Take that stagnant energy that can come with all all the crazy stuff that's been going on over the year that never ends of 2020 that's still going strong um, and maybe what we can recommend to sort of help alleviate that or maybe get out of their their headspace and into um, a healthier perspective. So do you guys have anything that works for you that if you're feeling overwhelmed or anxious that has been like a steadfast habit or tool or book or tip? Well, I love that you started before you ask the questions, you
2: know, saying this is just our advice, our experience. And I want to just reiterate that again, because, you know, if we give any advice and you're like my, you know, these girls on my podcast, though, doctor said I could, yeah, like, don't do that. Um, this is all just our experience and our advice um, and what works for us personally. But for me, I can completely and totally relate to the feelings of anxiety and depression. And I know all three of us can, Um, especially over the last year. And one insane outlet I've had is journaling. And I know that, you know, when you say journaling, it's like, "Mm, yeah, good, write in your little notebook, but like really deep journaling into asking why I'm feeling certain ways and where certain responses or reactions that I have are coming from. And just really digging into, what's off in my world right but I mean a piece of advice I would give it also and that I give a lot of people is to what brings you joy right like what fun can you incorporate into your day because that fun thing that you can do or like for me it's gardening or I talk about like after I finish working I will walk around my entire house and dip all my fingers and my my finger and all my plants to see if anything needs watering and it's just a way of disconnecting for me to where I can shut off the noise and turn on something that gives me more energy, you know what I mean?
1: So as a beginner journaler, that's me, um, I get caught up in, dear diary, today Raina didn't call me back. And now yeah. I think, you know, you. I, journaling can also just be a vomit of just day-to-day badness, which I think that if you keep living, you're just gonna bring more in, right? Law of manifestation. So how would you suggest for someone like me, who's a very beginner journaler, where do I even start? Well, I will
2: say, like, one thing that really works for me is to kind of brain dump things throughout the day. So if I'm, like, working and something comes in my head where I, like, you know, or it's something that Chad said earlier, maybe, that would maybe... You know, cause me to dwell on it or get frustrated, or the kids come down and do something like anytime anything negative pops into my head or a limiting belief or, you know, something that's holding me back, I brain dump it. And then if you sit down and do your journaling, right? Like I just finished, I think I'm on page 110 now. Um, And if I look back to my first journal entries, it's like, I can't believe she said this. When she said this, I can't fuck, you know, like I'm just, it's venting and complaining and, Like today I have this to do and it makes me feel frustrated and things like that. It took a long while, like a good couple months of journaling to get to the point where I would allow myself to go deep, if that makes sense. I remember sitting there being like, "I I know I'm writing surface level things and I'm not breaking any ground or like uncovering anything magical. Why am I not letting myself go deep? And I had to kind of start there and say, like, why am I so hell bent on staying surface level?
1: you know what I mean? I think that I read somewhere or it was in a podcast, but it was like, ask yourself the five levels of why. So you start off by saying, I'm just feeling really anxious today. Well, why? Well, I got on this phone call and it didn't go as well. Well, why? Because my expectation was this, well, why? Right. So there was like this unpacking that can happen. So I think that that's amazing i do too and i
0: know that it's been a really powerful tool for you with the way that you've shared that with us just over these last like a hundred days or so one thing I know for sure is that it helped me out of pretty dark days to write down my emotions and really express beyond the he said he said she said like kind of like the catty 15 year old behavior that we can sometimes revert to somehow like we can regress to that space almost like it's the last time we ever handled conflict was when we were teens but the reality is that we're grown-ups now and so you know I I think that journaling was a really helpful one um, but it came to me through suggestion of friends and also a therapist. So I think I would like to add in here is the value of making sure you're speaking to somebody who has tools in their tool belt that you do not. Because and I'm talking a professional. I am talking a trained, um, uh, you know, like somebody that you trust, somebody that you connect with, so that their advice feels. Um, like it resonates with you, like they're a good fit for you to open up and really go deep. Like Reyna was just saying, um, so I definitely think that that's a great a great outlet is having somebody that can give you tools to learn how to handle that anxiety um, and also to discuss it. You know, I'm mentioning this, and and the, the time that I began speaking with a therapist was when I lived alone. I was a single babe just living alone in um, a, you know like a basement rental apartment. And when I was struggling with depression, there were a lot of days where I was like, if I didn't exist, no one would even know because I don't even have a roommate, you know? So if I can just say is that if if you are on your own, you don't have to be like, you're never actually on your own and it's worthwhile to write out your thoughts but also speak them out loud because it's almost like that, that action of letting the words reverberate through your body and out into the world is like releasing them from what you're carrying alone in silence. Um, But if I could also mention something else that would work, that has worked for me, especially in this last year, it's unplugging. I can't say this enough. It's getting the heck off my social media, especially like above all else. But when I mean unplugging, I mean every realm. Listen, I'm on this, we're on this recording and I'm, I'm filming on a laptop. When I hang up, I have work to do on my laptop. I have Zoom meetings later on this laptop. If I'm not on that, then I'm ch- posting, checking, curating, or just scrolling my life away on this little screen on, an, on a smartphone. And then at the end of the day, people unwind after a long, busy day. In front of multiple screens by guess what going to sit in front of their bigger screen and relaxing in front of that big screen so can i can we talk about this picture and how relatable it is we are in front of screens now more than ever you are being demanded to be on meetings in a more condensed intense capacity than ever why because you can back-to-back zoom calls and without even having to change location so i'm sitting here saying this doesn't work for me anymore i sat my man down and even if you live alone, by the way, it, just sit yourself down and draw the line in the sand and create healthy boundaries with what you consume. Because I realized I spiral deeper into anxious thoughts, way deeper into comparison and overwhelm and anger and rumination when I keep freaking comparing my life to other people, strangers on the internet. So my commitment to me was there is no phone on Sundays. In fact, it starts quite early Saturdays now, if you, if you follow me online. Um, you're not going to find me. I'll talk to you Monday because I'm outside. Even if it's sitting on my balcony, even if it's vacuuming in my house, the point is there is no screen distracting me from my feelings. I am actively participating in my real world, in my real environment. And there is nothing as cathartic as nature. You know, um, just last night, my man and I were like, man, are we really going to do this? Are we really going to just sit on the couch and watch TV again after cooking supper, cleaning up the kitchen? We were like, absolutely not. So we got the fuck out of this house and we went. For a 30 40 minute walk while it was pouring rain in vancouver last night and we didn't care we just dressed for the occasion and got outside and i'm telling you not only did i close my rings on my on my activity for the day but it just made me feel so good to smell wet pine trees and to see people walking their puppies and to let the rain fall on my face guess what it's just water it'll dry off it's not a big deal so it's like what can you do to step away from these screens and step back into your realm of what you can control and that is your life and that is your healthy relationship with what you consume um and so i would just say is get outside there is no better medicine than nature it's my firm belief
1: i couldn't agree with you more and the interesting thing with screens is i was finding myself especially during quarantine and covid that I would just grab my phone because I was bored. I had nothing else to do. If I was like cooking, I'd be like, well, I could probably look at some stuff right now. Or I just was using it as a replacement for like hobbies. I don't even know. Like, so I started to challenge myself to fill that space with something else. So really like it became a bit of an addiction. Like I was looking at my phone all the time. I was always having it with me. I always had my phone close by. And, um, you know, if there was a pause, I would go, well, I'll just grab my phone to fill up that space. And so now I've started to, I made something called the list. And so I started to curate a list of things that I've always said I wanted to do, but never have done them. For example, make sourdough bread. I've always, I go, oh look at all these people making sourdough bread. Look at sourdough bread can't be that hard. And I have never made it. And so instead of looking at my phone, I made sourdough bread, got out my recipe, got the thing, figured out the yeast, like, oh, like it was just a whole process. And then I had this beautiful loaf of sourdough bread and no screen time. So, and it also brought me joy, lathered that thing with butter guys, no shame. I had no shame in my sourdough game. And so whatever you can do to bring the joy, you're talking to a nature lover, get outside, grab some fresh air, ground, sunlight, all that. But also what are you taking up your time with? So the more that I found myself bored, the more I found myself anxious, a hundred percent correlated. So I started to go back to old habits. I started to go back and make a list of things that I would like to do. And then I just started checking them off. I don't know if that helps anybody, but.
2: It helps a ton. And I'm glad that you brought it up to switching it into like social media and technology and screens, because I have a book recommendation for you. Um, And it's called Lost Connections. I actually started reading it when I took that social media break. Somebody somebody recommended it to me. Um, Somebody actually recommended it to me after I kind of like unloaded on how I felt mentally and physically and emotionally. And they were like, you need this book. And it's called Lost Connections. And it's the front page of it says something about like how or why you're depressed and how to fix it or something like that. And I was like, I'm not depressed. I'm just whatever. And reading the book I'm like oh no I'm like clearly struggling with depression a little bit and it goes into the title it says uncovering the real causes of depression and the unexpected solutions and it talks about social media it talks about our loss of connection with in-person people it talks about so many things where you're like clearly in a pandemic I can't even fix this anyway so it does also go into like different things you can do as far as like on your own time to kind of Rekindle that relationship with yourself if that makes sense to allow for a little bit of energy to be created and happiness to be created.
0: Man, we are we are just sharing the the knowledge here. I love it. Great recommendations. Love that list too, Ali. Um, I do like what you mentioned about. Um, using your phone to replace what could be a hobby or what could be a realized dream, or at least something that would bring you more joy. So I hope these have been helpful. Let's hop to another question now. how do you deal with parents who always say they want the best for you but in reality they're really looking for for they all they're really doing is thinking about what's best for them. Backstory, my whole life I've been guilt-tripped by my parents to go to holidays and birthdays. If I ever wanted to do something for myself, for example, moved to another state, they'd guilt me into staying. I love them, but currently at odds with them because my mother lashed out and said something very hurtful after I got married, which she said out of love, according to her. So how do you deal with parents
1: who say they want the best for you, but perhaps it really is just what's the best for them? This one is treading on some very delicate surfaces. That's the way I feel. The first time I read that, I was like, oh no, me being a new parent um, and new, I mean, I have a almost four and 5 year old So, I mean, I've been in the game a little bit, but not a long time. And so I'm very conscious about this. And I think the first thing is when you are old enough to pay your bills and you are married, then you are now old enough to make your own decisions. And I really found that transition when I had my own children also. When I had got married, that became my new family. Uh, when I had kids, that really became my new family. Therefore, I became the like the leader of the household, which means I make the decisions, which means I also create very clear boundaries. My mother loves to come into my house and critique it. Oh, that painting shouldn't be there. Did you not read that it should be eye level? Uh, These dishes aren't complete. You're not air drying the dishes, are you? Like my mom was appalled that I air dried. And I would say, yes, I am because this is my house. So I think that for each person, you're gonna answer this very individually. But I think that when you become an adult and when you get married and you take on that ownership of a partnership, that is your life now. So if you wanna go move to another state, If your your parent says something that's hurtful, then you can choose either to engage in a dialogue that maybe could result in some resolution, or you can choose to look past it and say, "Mm, "I'm just not actually going to um, have those conversations in my sphere because now you've kind of lost that privilege." (laughs) Yeah, well,
2: I completely agree, and I. I have a hard time because I don't have a super, super, super close relationship with my family. Like I know a lot of people do. And so I put myself in your shoes thinking, you know, if I was super close to my family, how would that feel? And my gut still says, like, why in God's name would I allow them to create the life that I lead or the energy I have in my life or the surroundings that I get to see every single day? Because... I think it was Light as the New Black. We were talking about that book before we started recording, but she was like, We're all just souls doing the very best we can. So I would be looking at my parents being like, Oh, they're doing the best they can, but they don't know everything that's best for me. Um, and I, I had a conversation with somebody just this morning that was talking about they were kind of like mourning this. Loss of a relationship with the sister that they have because the sister has like narcissist tendencies and things like that. And she's really struggling with like moving on from that. And I said, you know, I think oftentimes we get so upset and so frustrated with the situation. And so, like, it's kind of defeating because we have this attachment to the idea of that relationship or the idea of that perfect family feeling or the idea of that perfect marriage or whatever the relationship is, we're in love with the idea and attach the idea of it, not the reality of it. So for me, I guess my advice would be to step back and look and see what your family's presenting. And then what do you actually want? Does
0: that align? And if not,
2: you unfortunately have to make some choices, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's not easy because you know that in your heart of hearts, your parents are are looking out for you. You know, they brought you into this space and, and hopefully it was with nothing but love and and they want you to I mean, it sounds like more than anything, they want you to stay nice and close, right? And, and that can be a challenge, I imagine. But I, I like to put my mind in my parents' shoes. But I, for example, absolutely dealt with things like this, where I moved across country um, to a city I'm not from, to a city my brother moved to. But besides that, I don't know anybody here. Um, and so it was uh, a real struggle for them, especially I am somebody who works uh, you know, remotely. Um, for me to have to explain why on earth, if I don't, if I don't have to not be home, why, why wouldn't I stay home type of thing? Why would I leave? If I can do this work, the sentence is, especially from, you know, my Italian grandparents that so my whole family is just a big Italian ball of let's stay as close as possible, right? And so um, it was weird for them t- and, uh, to have me leave. And, and the sentence was, if you can do this work anyway, anywhere, why the hell aren't you doing it here with us? And the answer for me always came from as a former people pleaser, I can no longer do that. I can no longer do it just because you want me to. In fact, it was the best decision I ever made to move across this country because, in fact, I think our relationships are even better given the fact that I get my breathing space, I get my independence, I've gained the ability of living by myself for over four years and knowing that. I am the queen of my kingdom and I don't need anybody to tell me what I can and cannot do. And in fact, it feels better when I'm taking that stance for myself. And so, you know, I would just do a little internal digging and say, kind of like what Ali was mentioning is how do you want to engage with that? How can you lovingly express like, oh, I love so much that you want to keep me close. I absolutely cannot wait to see you when the time is right for me to come out there or for you to take the time to come out and see me. But what I know for sure is this, that it's going to be sweet when it happens. And I'm happy right here until that time. And that is what has made the most sense for me. And so it's kind of connecting to your gut feeling. I mean, I love visiting home. I feel very fortunate that obviously not over this last year, it's been a really long time now since I've been home but I've been able to do that on a frequent basis but every time you know we touch down back here in Vancouver I have this exhale that comes with saying ah I'm in my space now I'm home now for me. And, and that is a gut feeling. So ask yourself is what feels right in your gut and go towards that? Because at the end of the day, it is your life. And it's vital that when you put your head down on your pillow, that, you know, you've done it in a way that aligns for you and you'll be able to gauge the difference.
2: Well, I'll ask Allie even like, do you feel that way? Like, do you feel like when your kids leave, you're just going to like beg them to stay? Cause I I don't like, I try to put myself also in her parents' situation and I'm like, okay, I am starting to freak out that my kids are getting older and potentially leaving and that kind of thing. But I also like as much as it's going to hurt even more. So I want them to move away because I want them to go and explore and I want them to have experiences and I want them to see the world. And so Like, where do you think that comes from with that? It's a generational thing. It has to be like, it's our parents' generation that is like no common, like stays super close because I don't feel like that's, I don't feel
1: like our age, we are breeding our children to think that way. Does that make sense? Oh, a hundred percent. And I can just say that I also sympathize in a sense with this girl who asked the question because you're leading with your heart. The minute that we feel that we've upset someone or that me moving is going to upset someone that's just leading with your heart that's thinking about other people's feelings and that's a beautiful thing especially to hopefully a couple of very important people in your life meaning your family but um i i'm the opposite in the sense reina my parents really wanted me to stay close i wanted to stay close to home and so i never went anywhere until i was old older. And um, I don't want that for my kids. Like I want them to go. I want them to go to university somewhere else. I didn't get that experience. I want them to travel the world. I will be at the airport though, the minute they touch down and I will be the one to pick them up and drive them home. And I'll be the one that is hopefully on their speed dial. If anything goes wrong, those would be my Two, two big hopes for them is that they don't call a friend that they call their mom. And that I would be there, I'll fly to Thailand, kids. Don't you worry. I'll fly to Thailand and maybe all my friends will come with me. And we will have to meet you in Thailand and bring you home.
0: <laughs> it's definitely an interesting thing too. I mean, you're, you know, you you have little ones and you have, you know, kids who are creeping in on ages where you are starting to think about these things. So, um, you know, like Ali said, at the end of the day, there's just a lot of heart around. And I just think it's important to make sure that you're also incorporating and listening to yours. Um, I think that that can be a really powerful way to make sure that you're making decisions that feel right for you. All right. Thanks for that question. Let's jump to another one. We have, uh, this is a great question. How do you build confidence, confidence that lasts, not some, uh, you know, not something that's just for a few minutes and then it sort of deteriorates. Um, What what would you say is something that helps you feel like you can have confidence that is steadfast and, you know, last the test of time versus something that is a a whim and fleeting in just a moment? You know, this is a good question because when I,
2: when I get that question, right, like how do I become more confident? To me, that's an energy right? Like I think it's something we carry. And so for me, I think of like, you know, how, what are ways that I can show up and be more confident in myself? Personally, my answer is take care of the vessel, right? Like when I am eating right, I feel good. When I am moving my body, it doesn't matter if you have a six pack of abs or, you know, chiseled quads or whatever, a butt that you can set a glass on, right? Like, if you are moving your body and fueling it properly, that's going to create an energy that you just naturally carry yourself differently. And I, that's like my across the board answer when it comes to confidence, because you, you create that you are completely and totally in charge of creating that energy. That's my answer. It's not a very it's, good answer, but.
0: No, it is because. You know, it's true. Confidence comes from inside. You're never going to get it externally. So I love that you led with take time to work and care for yourself. And I couldn't agree more. You know, I say this to my clients all the time. You deserve the time, energy, blood, sweat, tears, effort, and again, time, that you so easily pour into everybody else. And quite frankly, that's where my confidence comes from. It comes from a person who was so depleted because I would bend over backwards for you, but never give myself the time of day. I was happy being in the relationship, being the supporting actress in the shadows to the shining star who was always leading ahead of me, supporting them, cheering them on, like cheerleader number one for them. But then if you asked me if I cheered for myself, the answer was always fucking no, because I was so spent so burnt out after giving it away to other people that I had nothing left for me and by the way that's not just a relationship with a partner that's that was with a relationship with an employer you know can you take these shifts even though I was already completely burnt out or working for jobs when I was still a teacher it was having a friendship where I was always going out of my way to cultivate it and they never gave that back right so my confidence came when I realized I deserve me That is where that stems from. And the best part is, is that the coolest personalities, the most uplifting auras, the most supportive people have gravitated to my life and the rest have slowly and quite organically and naturally trickled away where I no longer am surrounded by people that even make me question if I deserve to be confident. Who are you to make me second guess my inherent birthright of being? Like that just doesn't fit for me anymore. So. Am I saying that it wavers and it never wavers? No, of course not. You're human. So, you know, this question is asking confidence that lasts, not something that's gone in a few minutes. But I'm here to say that even confidence that lasts can waver. You know, there's going to be curveballs. There's going to be moments where you question everything that you think makes you confident as you evolve and reinvent yourself and your life changes. But I think if you're leaning into you deserve your time, and, and pouring into you, you can always find your way back and faster, you know, you can bounce back faster from those setbacks when you, you realize that you have your back basically. So that's what I would say is, um, how to build confidence that lasts is give yourself the time and energy and you deserve
1: it. And isn't the process kind of the most fun, like in the process is where I started to find my confidence again, and also to build it bigger than it used to be. So for me, And I guess my best advice is, you know, when someone asks, well, what about long lasting confidence? I'm like, dude, girl, the joy is in the ride in the sense of keep challenging yourself, set the goal, make it higher. Um, You know, and it's even finding the fun while you are kind of stumbling on the way. I have no problem laughing at myself where I can catch my thoughts, my actions, and I can say, oh boy, yep. Allie, this is, this is a low moment for you. And then, you know, leaning on people, getting a bit, um, uh, getting, getting away from yourself, like, you know, talking to your friends, starting to build it, reading the books, taking a cold shower, uh, running that first mile, whatever those little things are that you said you could never do, do it. I have a funny story about building confidence. It has nothing to do with anything, but it might help somebody. I made, as I told a list of things like the sourdough bread and everything. Well, one of the things on it was, have you guys ever gotten a Brazilian wax? No. Oh, no, I have not. Yeah. So, that, so I had no. it on a list and I was like, man, this scares me because it's going to be so painful. Like that, I just didn't want to do it. And then I thought, well, it's on my list. And all these things on my list were things I always said I wanted to do. And guess what, when you have integrity in your word and you go, you know what, why wouldn't I do that? It literally is gonna last two minutes. I check it off my list. Anyway, so I rolled into the store, signed up, paid my 60 bucks, Brazilian wax central. Um, I squealed and was not happy. And it lasted less than like two minutes. And then it was done. And I checked it off my list and I felt like- And a bad, did you feel more confident it is, or just in yes. pain? <laughs> in the sense, and I'm sure whoever wrote this question in is like, so you just suggested Brazilian wax for me to grow confidence. This makes no sense, rad podcast, but hear me out. When you have things that are in your way because of fear in the sense of, I don't feel good enough. I self-limiting beliefs. All of that trickles down to fear. So come up with a list of things that could be big, small, fearful, not. And one of them for me was a Brazilian wax. And I was like, Rick, I'm ripping all this hair out. Let's give her. And after it wasn't the wax itself. It was the fact that I had integrity in my word. I did something that was hard and that I thought, oh, I never could do that. Oh, that's so painful. And I rolled out of there and I was like, well, what else could I do? What else could I do? And through that, I'm starting to build confidence. Okay. So like on a scale of one to 10, how bad did it hurt? 11, 11 and a
2: half. (laughs) All I needed to know. Uh, It's going to stay on my fear list. So just so you
0: know. Yeah. You can keep it there. I definitely, I, I completely back up this sentiment though. Like I'm, I admit I'm not about to run out here and get a Brazilian, but what I will say is that there is something to be said of the confidence you gain when you get the hell out of your own way. And that's, I think, the. I mean, Ali, you said you nailed it. All right, everyone. Well, listen, let's wrap with one more question. The reality is, we have tons more. So I'm already feeling a part two of this FAQ. This was fun. This has been lots of fun, and this is actually a very um, spicy last question. So I thought it would be hella fun to end on this. So. If you've been sticking with us this one's going to be really exciting how to spice up your sex life after eight years together so how would you recommend spicing up your sex life after you know the example here is eight years together but i mean you insert years here if maybe this question applies for you and it's not quite eight that's fine um i would love to hear your thoughts on this
1: i think the best one well for me i there was an awkward pause you guys all of us were like, who's going to unmute? Who's going to talk about this first? I'm going to go first because A, I just led with the Brazil- Brazilian wax. So, so really, uh, there's nothing left that you have to hide. Ali, can you just also preface by telling us how long you've been together? Yes. Uh, my husband and I have been, I think, married for five years together for eight. So I'm kind of in the same boat. Um, It can get boring. (laughs) It can get boring. And quite frankly, you toss kids in the mix and I'm going to choose sleep over sex. I'm going to be like, yeah, nighty night, bye. Um, But here's the number one thing. And I actually learned this in therapy two sessions ago, uh, communication. So the communication trickles down into everything and pour yourself a drink and talk fantasies, talk. What would you like? What do you like? What do you like when I do? Here's what I like, what you do. And all of a sudden, the conversation kind of morphs, and things start to feel different. And then all of a sudden, boom! I'm having sex. <laughs> but I will. I don't know if you guys remember this um, episode a little while ago, but I was given the homework by a therapist to kiss for a minute. And you know, this kind of piggybacks as I make fun of like communication and da da da. But this was actually I I feel this question because. Life was getting quite boring. And one interesting thing was my therapist was like, kiss for a minute, you know, uh, snuggie for a minute, do these things for a minute. And I was like, kissing for a minute? My God, back as a teen, I could kiss for like hours. I loved it. I was a kissing bandit. And here we've lost all that. We completely lost. I don't know. Life takes over. So when you ask that question, how do I add it back? Girl, I feel you, or dude, I feel you because life gets insane. And I don't know why that goes to the back burner, but it really does take intention. So maybe starting with, can you hug for a minute? And that hug turns into giggles, right? And then that giggle turns into something else and have a conversation and then build from there. I don't know. Does that make any sense? Absolutely. It makes, go ahead. Oh, I thought you were going to say it. Well, I,
2: I just want to add like, you know, for me, I struggled with a really, like I was married for 12 years in this current relationship now for two and a half, I guess, for as long as I can remember my, the thing that held me back the most was the lack of confidence, if you will, in initiating. Do you guys relate to that at all? Or is any, like, I hope that someone else relates to this Because I remember I would sit in bed for hours being like, is he going to, is he going to touch, like, is he going to put his hand, where should, you know, and just like work myself up to the point where I go to bed and like nothing ever happens because I'm so in my head. So for me, it's been get out of your head and like grab him if you're ready to grab him. Or, Allie has seen this, I have some Harry Potter lingerie that never fails put on the Harry Potter
1: lingerie Harry Potter. <laughs> whatever it's... your
2: husband's into find some character lingerie
1: and go go to town <laughs> I have witnessed advice. it and I will say that um it it works that's all I'll say
0: why am Magic. I the only one who has not seen the Harry Potter lingerie listen listeners I'm gonna get it out of her, she's gonna show me and by the next episode, I'm gonna know, I'm gonna know all about this lingerie. But listen, I wanna just touch on the confidence piece again too, because I'll say is that, you know, there's a a time and space within you where you realize, like, I, I wanna feel good, I wanna feel sexy. Like, there was a time where I really believed like my sassiness, my sexuality, my divine femininity, all existed merely to please a partner. And I realized that in doing so, I completely, again, it was kind of a form of people pleasing where I relinquished my own control over my own self-confidence. And so I started taking sassy dance classes. I started dancing alone in my living room. I started treating myself to lingerie when, when I was completely alone and single and lived by myself. And I wasn't dating anybody. Like I allowed myself to spice up my sexuality for me and You know, in the context of being in a relationship, we're working on about four years now, and I think what works for me absolutely, and for both of us, is definitely taking the time to say, you know, this is quality time. This is you and I not being distracted by a screen. This is me and you going out on a date and leaving the phone at home. This is a sort of reconnection. I'm an emotional person, and I find that I am more likely to want to get intimate and hang out and really just spend quality time together if... I feel emotionally connected. Like I'm not someone who's like a switch where I can flip it on and off like that. Like there needs to have been time spent together. So, you know, that may not always be the reality. You know, if you have, especially like Ali said, you throw kids in the mix, maybe that's not possible. There's exhaustion, there's work, there's this time and space of what we've been in. Right. So definitely what works for me is finding my own inner, my own inner space, to be able to say like, I deserve this pleasure, I deserve this intimacy, I deserve to feel excited. And I deserve to do that with this partner that I've chosen to do life with. Um, And then, you know, like an outfit that makes you feel all kinds of good. And it doesn't need to be lingerie, by the way, it can just be that dress that you've been staring at in your closet. Like that's something that I've definitely been loving is I have gotten quite sick of like the COVID uniform, which is like sweats and a t-shirt. She says as she's wearing sweats and a t shirt. Why? Yeah, I look. I just feel because it makes me feel further away from myself. And I know that might sound strange, you know, where you're like, choose the comfy, cozy stuff. But I've always been a person who enjoys the hair and makeup. I have always been somebody who loves to put on a cute ass dress, throwing on wedges, even if it's with jeans or a tank top, like it doesn't need to be a dress. But I just like that feeling. And I feel like over this last year, I've strayed away from that. But when I take the time to pour it into myself, I walk into this house a whole lot different. I'm like, um, hello, do you see this? Do you see this? Do you see me? Mm." And and he's just like, I can't not see you. You're incredibly loud. And then, you know, we end up catching each other's attention. So, you know, I know that everything I've shared has to do a lot more with me, but what I will say is that it's the quality time. It's the putting down the devices. It's the, um, making some kind of date possibility involved. And it's also um, feeling really good. I think that that makes a really big difference. So the self-care we talked about lends into it as well. Well, and
2: that goes back to her question, how, or to a different question, how can you build confidence that lasts? Get up and get dressed, fix your hair, wash your hair, (laughs) put some makeup on, get some lashes on, like do something to feel good for even just a little bit. And I think that again, goes back to creating that energy that will just carry you throughout the day. So yeah, guys, this was so fun. I hope we do more of these. We do have more questions. So we will be intentional about consistently collecting some more questions. And if you guys have questions in between episodes, um, feel free to reach out on Instagram. Don't forget to like, comment, share, follow, Um, reach out to us if you have any questions and we'll see you on episode 31.